Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Realcom Live. We've got a great show again today. If you remember last week, we had our chairs from Realcom uh, side of our conference coming up, and they were talking about all the enterprise applications that it takes to run a real estate organization. This week, we're going to shift and pivot to IBCon, uh, the smart, connected, high-performance, intelligent buildings conference that we run right alongside of Realcom. And as in its name, it focuses on smart buildings, smart um, districts, smart uh, projects like mixed use, uh, and sometimes even a little bit of smart city. We got three people uh, who have come on board as our chairs. Um, not only do they represent great companies, uh, big brands, but these, these individuals are fully committed to the topic of smart buildings within those organizations. So it's one thing just to have a big brand who may talk about a smart building or a smart campus. It's another to have a dedicated team uh, who works on this. So today we're going to have Kathy Farrington, the technical program manager for Google. Anna Lambrinas, SVP of Digital Buildings and Experiences and Innovation with Quadril. And Victor Sanchez, head of global workplace engineering with LinkedIn. Three great companies, three great individuals. Let's bring them on and let's get this great conversation started. Hey, all, how are you? Fantastic. That sounded, a little, that sounded a little country. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> so, Kathy, coming to us from the UK. Dano, yes. Toronto, am I correct? That's right. And then, Victor, you're up in the Bay Area. Correct. So, I mean, just think about uh, geographically how far you are away, but how much in sync you are with what you do for a living. It's pretty interesting. First and foremost, thank you for taking the time to be our chairs. Uh, we hopefully we didn't beat you up too much. Um, we know we ask a lot, you know, a lot of questions. We rely on our chair uh, chair folks to hear from all the other advisors, hear from the industry, and let the big ideas bubble up. So our program is spot on, and, and we're talking about the things people want to talk about. So thank you for all the time, probably starting since January, leading up to that up to here. And then thank you for today. Um, this is going to be a little recap of you know, what you've been going through uh, you know, as we prepare for the conference. And uh, so with that, let's get our, our conversation started. So why don't we start with Kathy? Kathy, 30 seconds, just brief intro of what you do at Google as it relates to the smart building conversation. Then we'll go Thano and Victor, and then we'll get right into it. Sure. Um, so I lead digital buildings for the real estate and workplace services organization and also lead the um, building operating system program, which is our cross-org program and how we um, transform Google into digital buildings. How many years has that program been in place? Started in 2016. So 2016. So wow, so you're going on six years. Yeah. And lots of buildings all over the world that you apply your knowledge to. Yes, um, across existing real estate, but also new construction and how we build the new buildings. So will your work go into the new campuses in the, in the Bay Area? Uh, in some of them, um, but, uh, and, but also we've got new campuses all over the world. So India, London, et cetera. Awesome. Thano. Yeah, so do, I, What do you do all day long? <laughs> what do I do all day long? Um, first of all, thanks, Jim, for having me. It's been a, it's actually an honor to be uh, the chair on one of the chairs of, of, of IBCon. It's certainly the globally the most recognized show in this space. So my role uh, fits the conference perfectly. Uh, I am responsible for our digital buildings, customer experience and innovation practice here at Quadreal. Uh, we're focused on everything end-to-end -end in the built environment from connectivity and digital infrastructure to the systems that make our buildings run 
and the integration of those systems to satisfy a number of operational uh, and customer experience use cases, all the way to uh, the actual platforms that our customers interact with on a, on a daily basis. And that spans at Quadrail, our Canadian portfolio and international global portfolio um, it, within all of our asset classes as well, whether it be office, residential, uh, retail, mixed use, life sciences, student housing and, and the like. Uh, and, and much like Kathy, I'm also uh, overseeing that within our existing uh, portfolio and how we retrofit as well as uh, all of our new developments around the globe. So some people sometimes accuse me of being impatient with the smart building journey, um, always saying it should happen faster. But I got to <laughs> tell you, the fact that your titles are specifically uh, designed to focus on smart buildings tells me we're making progress because you know, you can talk about it, but until you have a team and a budget dedicated to it, nothing's happening, right? Um, Victor, LinkedIn, big company, uh, Silicon Valley Roots, um, they care about this. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I think it, it shows first, thank you, Jim, for having me. And it's great to be part of this journey with um, Kathy Antano. Um, yeah, so we care about it and we care deeply about it. So I leave the global design and build team at LinkedIn. So essentially we're responsible for all of our um, global projects, um, design and build projects, um, and also retrofits. Um, and uh, to that end, we have a team that is solely focused on smart buildings, on engineering and technology. Because um, I, I think that to, to your point, that's the only way we're gonna be able to make progress. Um, and it, it's hugely important for LinkedIn. And you know, the other way I can, uh, I know that we're making progress is we've got a landlord and a tenant on the same call, same conversation, right? And you would think that would be an easy thing, but you know, Thano and, and on the commercial side can't develop a building to be smart unless he talks to his tenants, which I know Quadril does. Absolutely. But for the longest time, you know, we've been trying to bring the two worlds together for probably 15 years now, and, and I think we're getting there. Um, and, and the collaboration that has to happen between a tenant and a landlord to truly make these buildings smart, um, I don't think anybody can deny, deny that anymore. All right, let's go back around the other way, starting with Victor. Victor, uh, I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time, but I do want to spend a couple minutes on the pandemic. Uh, it, hopefully it's in the rear view mirror at this point. Um, what did you learn? I mean, from a smart building perspective, last 24 months, what did LinkedIn come away with um, learning as far as being you know, locked down, not being in the office? I think, I think for us, a lot. We learn a lot. We learn, but I think around specifically to the smart buildings, I think um, we learned that how much responsibility and how much contribution the building can um, have to the end users, um, and and a lot of it is around how do we keep employees safe. So when when kind of coming out of the pandemic or going through the pandemic, we really I pushed the team to go back to the roots. Like what what is it that the building is doing right? Do we have the right digital strategy for our buildings? And we learned that we were going in many directions. We were not really focused on the things that really really matter. Right. So I think at, at the center of all this, kind of we walked away that employee health and safety needs to be the core. And then, uh, Tano, you talked about the experience. And then after that, we overlay the experience in every single aspect, right? And I think that smart buildings is going to enable those, those, all of those elements. Yeah. yeah. We, we ask people to get in their cars and go spend eight, 10 hours plus in a building. 
locked up, no windows open, relying on a handful of engineers to make sure that air is good, right? This is exactly. pre-pandemic, right? You know, and if somebody forgot to change the filter or you know something wasn't working right, you could put a lot of people in harm's way by virtue of their air they're breathing. So indoor air quality, I agree with you. Every, we came away from the pandemic understanding how important that was. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Dano, how about Quadro? What did you guys learn? I think we learned that not to, you know, be cliche about it, but it, it was certainly an accelerant in a lot of the programs that we had pontificated before the pandemic. I think we learned during the pandemic that there was indeed a huge gap in the digital tools that were available, pardon me, available to us at the building level, uh, both operationally and uh, to interact and integrate with our customers. Uh, and and over that period of time, we uh, did our best to, to close that gap so that when we came out on the other end, which as you mentioned, hopefully we're there now, uh, we're well positioned to best serve um, our uh, our tenants, our residents in the in our residential buildings uh, across uh, across Canada as well as across the globe. I think we learned that you know we can work remotely, um, but coming back, I think we also learned a lot of us like being in person a lot better than we like staring at each other on a screen. So. You know, I, everyone talks about these major extremes and it's always this pendulum that swings back and forth when we talk about workplace strategies. Uh, and I think that a lot of the rhetoric is very, very far to one side. And as this we get out of this pandemic, we'll come uh, closer back to the middle. Uh, well, know, and I remember you for years, you know, screaming from the top of the mountain that being able to uh, operate a building remotely had a big value proposition. This was way before the pandemic, right? And when the pandemic hit, I kind of remember you saying, I told you so. I mean, isn't it nice to be able to get into that building and know what the heck is going on without having to travel to the building? Yeah, absolutely. And and our operators now that with some of the programs that we are in the midst of rolling out are seeing immense value out of having that level of visibility, command and control, uh, integration and analytics available to them uh, on their phone or on their tablet. Uh, while at the building, traveling through the building, or while at home, so after, you know, it is it's very validating to see that 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 uh, that hypothesis was proven. Unfortunately, during a pandemic, but was proven all the same. It, it does amaze me sometimes how common sense ideas that can be relatively easy, easily cost justified. It, it, our industry is stubborn. I mean, you know, that we, really? we find a lot of reasons not to do things, and like you said, the pandemic kind of kicked kicked some things over the edge. Kathy, I'm sure Google, as it relates to the built environment, learned a lot. What's, what, were, what were some of your biggest takeaways? Sure. Um, so, yes, specifically to digital buildings, I absolutely agree with what Victor and Thanos said um, as well. But um, another one I would say is, is around sustainability and the impact that cities saw when people were working from home and, you know, the, the drop in emissions and pollution and, and other things, I think, made it realize how much uh, buildings and, and offices are impacting the environment. And so I think being able to focus more on sustainability is, is a big thing. Um, and of course, hybrid work and the, the need to have a flexible office as a result of you know, the changes that are, that are gonna happen as a result of the pandemic or accelerated by the pandemic. So, so if you, you, know, you get in your helicopter and you fly over a major city and you look down, what do you see? You see buildings, right? Okay, so that's the macro viewpoint. Over the course of the last 25 years, digital transformation, laptops, mobile phones, internet start to change habits. So as if you're staring out that helicopter over a 25 year period, you see those buildings becoming less and less occupied, right? People moving around a little bit more, yet the air conditioning is working, the lights are still on. 
I think from my vantage point in the helicopter, what we learned was everything that was happening with digital transformation made sense, needed to go faster and the pandemic helped. So in some ways, this rush towards sustainability and a greener planet and not wasting things, if we truly take those lessons from the pandemic, I don't want to say it was worth it because it was horrific, but but let's make some take some positives out of this. And I think that could be one of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Before I want to get one more question before we go to break, um, and, and we'll probably pick this up on the other side as well. Thano, what's your top one priority? Only one for the rest of 2022. Execution. We have spent a lot of time over the last several years identifying various innovative technologies that uh, we believe can drive significant change both both operationally and on the customer side and now it's time to take those technologies and operationalize them at scale which we have been doing over the past eight months give or take uh, as the pandemic has slowly you know come in and out and up and down uh, but now through the balance of the year and into 2023 it's about execution and truly leveraging these technologies uh, to change the operating model of the company and how we run buildings, how we manage buildings and how we build buildings. So replace wrenches with iPads or, or mobile phone. And I will still need a wrench, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. So to be very clear, you don't need a plan. You've had a plan for quite some time. You've gone through the various testing stages of that plan. And now you're ready just to execute, not just physically implement all the technologies, but to change the operational philosophy of the company. That is the goal. That was always the goal from the beginning. Everyone talked about it, and now it's time to actually do it uh, and prove to the industry that, yes, technology can change the way that, uh, that we operate our business. And that, that is our goal over the next uh, a year or so. And not that we won't be looking at anything new or innovative. We always have a stream uh, where we're identifying opportunities, but it's really about delivering now. So basically, um, the cat is out of the bag. And, and at the end of the day, this is not about technology. This is about operations, business, culture, habits, psychology, right? This is about human behavioral change at this point. That's absolutely right. In the same way that technology changed the finance industry and other adjacent industries to real estate, uh, we believe it will change ours. And, and it's certainly uh, everything that you said, it's about people. It's about change management. It's about the psychology. It's about habits. Uh, it's about really upending something that we held to be true for 40, 50, however many years we've done it the exact same way. Um, so it's it's not going to happen in the next year full, like completely. However, uh, we are going to be aggressively moving in that direction. That's awesome. Good, a good case study to watch. And we are, you know, everybody's got their eyes on you. And we're and we're 100% confident that you're going to be able to pull it off. I hope um, so too. Now, even if you know what, even if you don't, even if you don't hit the grand slam and you hit a double, A plus. No, nobody gets anywhere without taking risks and taking chances. So, even if you don't hit the fence, a, a nice double will be perfectly acceptable by the industry standards. Trust We're me. We're going to be on base. That's a guarantee. That's all you care. Exactly. <laughs> no criticizing me from the first row. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna if you're gonna criticize how I hit the ball, get out of the stands and get on that plate and watch pitch come at you 100 miles. There you go. <laughs> Victor, how about you? Number one priority for 2022. Yeah, so so, so a big thing for us um, is is really trying to understand what's going to be the new steady state around people trying to come 
trying to come back to the office? Are we going to see a 40%, a 60%, a 20%? And, and I really understand that. But I think more relevant to this conversation, an incremental area of focus for us has been, will continue to be the collaboration. In, uh, technologies that enable that real-time collaboration between the people that decide to come to the office yeah, and absolutely. those are, that are distributed. So we are investing a lot of time and effort. In fact, last week I had a tour, I had the, the executive vice president responsible for Teams at Microsoft present at my offsite, which I had it in Redmond. Um, and then we took a tour of the Hive building where they're testing a lot of new uh, Teams technology, more a lot of new infrastructure, furniture, conference room settings, and the Teams technology to enable that. And, and, and then so for us, we've been doing a lot of the same thing at LinkedIn, but now is how do we how do we make that happen? How do we find find the right it's solution? It's a whole new industry. And 100%. And then deploy that at scale across our global portfolio. So you take what you just said, that whole new industry, and then you put this thing called the metaverse, which we still don't understand, and you plug those two in. You got physical space. You got virtual space. The two come together. That's the future. That's yep. I think I think it is. Kathy, yep. I mean, Google is always there at the forefront. I mean, what, what do they have you focusing on for the rest of the year? Say uh, picking one is a difficult uh, a difficult ask. That's um, why I did it. Only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'd say is is um, uh, is showing value at scale. Really, so we've spent a lot of the last sort of five years building all the infrastructure, the platform, the um, the standards, the rules, changed how we construct buildings uh, to be digital, and, and changed you know all the processes and things. I think now we really want to be able to show the value at scale on uh, whether it's related to sustainability and being able to to drive change there or in hybrid work and how we're using the space right or whether it's around operations and, and flexibility um i think it's it's really showing that value um across the across the board because we have the infrastructure um sort of in place now do you ever think governments will tax corporations per mile that they require their employees to commute uh, possibly I mean, because if we're talking sustainability, we got the physical buildings, but if we have the most sustainable building on the planet, but we still require people to drive an hour and a half or two hours each way, that's gotta be built into the equation. And I see satellite offices, I see flex space, you know, operations like WeWorks all integrating into this, you know, uh, all in, into this man, you know, new strategy, if you will. All right, let's take a, a brief uh, commercial break and we will come back and we're gonna talk about what are the top issues that these folks are gonna be bringing to the Real Common IBCon conference uh, in about five weeks. Hello, I'm Rao Mulpuri and along with my colleagues over the last 12 years, we've been building VUE to transform the day-to-day -day window. The smart window controls heat and glare eliminates blinds and shades, and provides view and natural light all the time. Because we have a highly connected system, we're able to bring a whole host of smart building applications. For example, this video you're watching is coming to you through the View Smart Display, which is a high-definition display that's installed right into the window. Also on this platform, we have a sensor array that has a number of environmental sensors, and these can be used in order to control the environment precisely for the health and wellness of the people. These new applications transform buildings into living spaces that help us engage, interact, and communicate with each other. The buildings will be transformed into high-speed 5G cell towers with complete wireless coverage. Now that the blinds are lifted, these humanized spaces will keep us entertained 
while keeping us connected to natural light and views of the outdoors. And we're just getting started. All right, and I'm happy to announce, I think it was just last week, the email went out, that we'll be doing uh, a tour of Lake Nona uh, in conjunction with the conference. It's about 20 minutes away from the convention center. You'll be seeing the facility where those windows are installed, actually a couple of them. Um, so will people will be able to see firsthand, but Lake Nona and, and the Wave Hotel, which is sort of what they call the living room of Lake Nona, is really pushing the envelope on new ideas, autonomous vehicles, drone, uh, drones integrated into their security strategy. So we are excited as heck. We've been on the phone with them almost nonstop for the last few weeks, finalizing the details, but we're gonna do it. We're having a tour uh, and um, their executives will be speaking at the conference. So um, we're pretty excited about that. All right, um, let's, let's get on to the, 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 the industry at large, the smart building industry. Uh, Kathy, what do we need to talk about at IBCon to make it relevant? Um, I think one of the things for me is just skill set shortages. Um, the, it's such a such a broad industry covering so many different um, you know areas, and you know we need people management and stakeholder management and technology and program management and you know just to be successful in the industry. And there is just not enough people, and especially when you're looking globally and in so many different countries. Um, really, there needs to be more training courses, more ways for skill sets, and, and and more people. So conferences like RealCom, you know, bring a lot of this to the forefront, and you know, have people talking about what they're doing. And I'm hoping that it'll you know start the conversation and, and more people meeting each other and, and sort of yeah roll out the. Well, and if you look at if you look at the data of you know graduates coming out of school with degrees that are applicable to our industry, the, the sheer number of graduates. Combined with the fact that the technology is getting more sophisticated and buildings are, are doing this more, the crunch is legitimate. And, and as an industry, we got to figure this out because I've got, I got one company who goes into Starbucks and finds people who've got good communication skills. And if they have those, he brings them in his organization and teaches them how to install smart building technology. I mean, that's not even a joke. <laughs> um, Thano, what's the number one topic for you? Uh, there's a few, but if I were to pick one uh, over and above what I said our, our focus was for 2022, I'd say cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. So for those watching, I would highly encourage you attend the, pardon me, you attend the Cyber Day, uh, I believe, which is on the Tuesday. Um, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge issue uh, in our industry. There's a lot of folks now that are leaning in, which is fantastic, uh, but we need to figure out solutions together for the OT environment. So. That I, that's that's one of the ones very near that there's a few I would say that are one A one B one C but that's uh, certainly one of them. Well, in your point, I mean, we have the cyber forum on Tuesday. Uh, we've got a, a real estate cyber for, um, a pavilion this year on the exhibit floor. Uh, enough companies around the topic, so trying to group all those companies who are focusing on that. We got cyber sessions inside both Realcom and IBCon as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunately I call it defense. We have to play it. Uh, but uh, the, the topic will be widely covered. Um, Victor. Yeah, no, abs yeah, absolutely. So, so for me, I think it's um, digital buildings. Um, uh, sorry, the, the, the digital twin. I, I think it's, I'm really looking forward to see kind of how that conversation evolves um, uh, at the conference. Um, and and I'm, I'm looking at it for two, from two perspectives. One um, is what is the general foundational layer to enable that? Um, and then the second, what is the real value in the ROI? 
um, right? Why would people make that level of investment? Um, so I, I think I'm really excited to kind of learn more about it, to share more about how LinkedIn is thinking about it. Um, but yeah, so that for me is there, that area of focus. I have two questions left, but only have time for one. So I'm gonna switch up for a little bit from last week. Imagine you have every graduate student from a university watching today, which they're not, but I wish they were. <laughs> and, and you have 30 seconds to give some advice or insight to somebody who's considering coming into this middle industry of real estate technology, prop tech, whatever we wanna call it, a little bit of skill on the real estate side, a little bit of skill on the technology side, and they're not quite even sure what our industry is all about or what the opportunities are. Kathy, what do you say to them? Um, I would say um, think about how um, the next generation is is coming through and how they use their their technology. Um, you know, I have a two year old; she can use my smartphone already, uh, and this is the generation that's going to be wanting to use and interact with our buildings in the future. Um, Think about what you do at home and how you control your space. Um, and that's sort of the technology that we need in commercial buildings. And so, yeah, I'd say, um, you know, it's a huge opportunity and amazing industry and really fun to be part of. And, and you can do whatever you uh, whatever you want in it because there's so many different and, and exciting areas. Just getting started. Yeah. Victor, how about you? Yeah, 100%. So to me, it's, it's really an opportunity to literally change the world. Literally change the world, pivot, pivot the history, uh, pivot the direction of the industry. Um, but I, I think more around just like advice I would give a new graduate, a, a couple of things. One is, is be curious, always ask questions. And second is connect with the experts, connect with us, connect with these people on this call. Okay, um, We're very all, accessible, all by the way. You are yeah. some of the most welcoming, giving, ready to talk to anybody people I've ever met. Thano? Um, if, if I'm in front of a bunch of new graduates, I think the advice I'd give having been in real estate and construction primarily through my career is uh, respect the status quo, uh, but certainly drive to change it. Um, I think that the problem in this industry and the reason we've had such a such an issue accelerating it as, as it has been actually over the last, call it couple years, maybe uh, 18 months, is that folks have come into this industry and thought they were just going to take a building and I know how to do this better than everybody that's ever done it and haven't really understood all of the long-standing um, issues that have existed, the silos that exist, the uh, misaligned incentives that uh, exist between all these various stakeholders that it takes to build a building, to manage a building. And uh, so I would, I would push to uh, respect all of that. And only when you truly respect it, can you uh, put things in place to start to drive change. So that's, I frankly, it's it's very personal. That's why I feel that we've been successful is because I've respected that process and I understand why things are the way they are. And sometimes it's incremental and sometimes it takes some time, but, uh, but there's certainly lots of opportunity and room to change things. And as Victor said, I believe it too, truly change the world. Yeah, well, and I, I, I'm playing on that theme. Let's look at some data points. You spend what eighty percent of your life inside buildings. Most people. Okay, let's start with that. Let's look at it from a historical perspective: agrarian age, industrial age, pre-information age, information age. Um, buildings were an integral part, right? There were barns, there were factories, and now we built office, industrial, retail for the last seventy-five plus years. And technology is changing that paradigm, right? 
And oh, by the way, we use 45% of the global energy spend to heat buildings that are mostly empty a lot of the time. Those are all world changing attributes. And, and if you're a young person who does not just want to have a job or even a career, but does want to change the world, not, and that's what that's the decision I made almost 30 years ago. You know, the built environment has impact on all of our lives. So great advice from all of you. Um, thank you for that. And I can't wait to see you in about five, five weeks, five and a half weeks. Lots to do, a lot of details, <laughs> but uh, we're excited to have you. And I think it's going to be a great conference, great city, lots of tours, other things going on. So uh, really excited to see all of it. And again, a massive big thank you for everything you do for us. Thank, thank you. you. Great. Have a great day. Be well. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Let's take a brief uh, break. Oh, actually, no, let's not take a brief. Let's bring Howard in. Sorry about that. Can't forget the news. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That was just a great conversation. Yeah. Oh, it was a great conversation. Yeah, great conversation. So I, I think we have a little bit of time left for a few news stories. Yep. Uh, so I'll dive. I'll dive right in. Uh, but first of all, thanks, Jim. Thank you, Kathy, Dano, and Victor. I, I, I can't tell you how grateful we are for all your energy and the efforts that you've invested in helping us shape up the direction of this year's conference. It's going to be a terrific event this year. Now, a couple of stories from this week's news. So we have a great piece as our lead story from Joe Amador, uh, Amador Consulting. He gives us a holistic view of some of the trends we can expect in the smart building industry in 2022 and beyond. And I'll just enumerate a few. Number one, hardening value propositions for smart buildings. So ROI aside, the industry's reckoned with the fact that uh, data is absolutely foundational for safe, responsible, comfortable environments for their, occup uh, for their occupants, uh, that, they're, that their occupants are demanding. Number two, continued M&A and capital markets activity. So investor confidence in PropTech quarter one, 2022, it's at an all-time high. And a lot of the incumbents have started partnering with a lot of the innovative startups. So that's number two. Number three, of course, return to office and the shift to hybrid. So we're all still mired in uncertainty and we're seeing a lot of flavors of hybrid exist. I prognosticate that the next two to four years is going to be a transition phase uh, where it's all going to come together. It's going to take time. Uh, augmentation versus automation. And this argument has been exacerbated by the labor shortage in facility management. And now software-based automation is becoming much, much more of a necessity. Uh, number five, and finally, unbundling of the technology stack. So we're going to continue to see companies emerge that focus on a single part of the stack and serve a very specific data source extremely well via APIs. So Joe's research and analysis really gives him a unique perspective on the smart building industry. And he dives a lot deeper in this article. It's a great read, don't miss it. Uh, next, I wanna shout out to this week's tech partner, MRI, for the submission on redefining the tenant experience. So on-site amenities, gyms, coffee shops, dry cleaners, they used to be at the top of the tenant wish list, but priority shifted with the pandemic. So today's list toppers are more like safety, energy efficiency, the responsiveness of ownership and the building staff. It's a tenant's market and expectations are high. So for tenants, it's a safe, healthy environment, provisions for remote and hybrid work, data for people analytics, and to manage their workplace. And for landlords, it's visitor, queue management, including elevator banks, indoor air quality, clean bathrooms, mobile apps, self-service portals for amenities and building services. Now, ESG and carbon reductions on everyone's agenda and the technologies uh, available now permit landlords and tenants to work together towards ever more stringent ESG objectives. So I've just touched on a couple of highlights, but plenty more in this great article. Thanks, MRI. Um, so I, I just want to throw this one in. So 
Uh, I actually skipped that. I'm going to, because I know we're running short on time. Um, I want to, uh, so there's a blockchain powered ESG application. Now, Brookfield said Manhattan, one Manhattan West, which is a 67 story, 2.1 million square foot office tower. It's going to be the first building in its New York portfolio to be powered 100% by renewable energy. And working with PropTech startup ClearTrace, a Brookfield portfolio company, they're deploying a blockchain verification platform that will literally enable investors, tenants, and government agencies to get a real-time look at sources of energy being consumed by the office tower. It's really smart. It monitors on-site generation, storage, grid-procured energy and consumption, also displays renewable energy certificates for a property. So uh, starting to see blockchain work its way into, uh, into operations at, at scale, hoping to see more of these innovative applications of emerging technologies. So uh, great story, Brookfield. Um, so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let that wrap it up for me. Um, and I'll, uh, uh, so back to you, Jim. All right, great job. Sorry, I cut a little bit of your time out. That, that Brookfield article is interesting in that when you see a large organization like that, taking a topic that's been around for call almost five, six years now and really operationalizing it, even yeah. experimenting with it, that's got to get your attention now. And yeah, no, it does. I mean, they, they, I mean, they, uh, they have skin in the game. Uh, early on, early on uh, they made a decision that it was worth investing in and they've been developing programs around it. So that kind of innovation is the kind of story that we're really looking, you know, we're looking to push. And these aren't small changes. These are big changes. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a big one. I mean, just think of what has to go into doing something like that. No. Uh, the internal, the alignment, the, you know. Definitely getting away from using a sledgehammer to maintain operations of the built environment and heading towards, you know, the pistol and ultimately the laser. You know, yeah, that, uh, yeah, I agree. It's been a long journey. Uh, thank you, my friend. Great job. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, before I wrap the show, let's hear from our final sponsor. And I'm going to come back and tell you what we got in store for you next week. From commercial offices and healthcare facilities to retail spaces, our innovative turnkey digital display products will transform your space into an engaging, interactive experience. Enjoy future-forward solutions for your industry, including surface and recessed wall-mounted directories, outdoor and indoor freestanding interactive digital kiosks, elevator displays with entertaining content, multi-screen video walls, digital signage, and custom designs for wayfinding directories and kiosks. Touch Source, offering simple solutions for smart spaces. All right, um, seeing a lot of energy around the whole experience side of, uh, of a building. That's good. All right, so next week, uh, we're going to continue on the theme of our chairs for various events. Uh, our pre-con day, we have a number of uh, by-invitational events kind of go deep into certain sectors. One of those such events is called the Smart Building Integrator Summit. I think it's going on probably close to its 10th year. This is where we get all those systems integrators, those master systems integrators, those really smart people we need to implement and deploy the technologies that a lot of building owner operators uh, want to put out there, right? So they don't typically don't do it themselves. They hire organizations. And these are literally some of the smartest people in the world. And we're going to be really uh, pleased to have Craig Stevenson, president of Aros, one of our co-chairs, and Scott Cochran, president of Cochran Supply. This guy has got his pulse on the industry. Uh, everywhere you look in the smart building conversation, Scott's head pops up. So it's going to be a great show. We're going to be talking about, again, uh, what's going on in the smart building industry, as well as what we're going to be talking about at the Smart Building Integrator Summer. With that, uh, you all have a great day, a great evening. 
a great weekend and we will see you next Friday on Real Calm Live. Be well.